0: morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's good to be here this morning. And you know what that means. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or tea sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above us for the week ahead right this is actually a time when there is more excitement really going on with human design than there is uh, in astrology so most of the time today we're going to be looking at the human design chart and uh, the energies of the spleen center the spleen center is the center for time and for health and for survival it is also a center that has a lot of different energies of fear that can arise within us and so of course we have to watch for that this time of year because the sun begins on wednesday to move through those gates and will take between i don't know i think it's seven weeks uh, to go through all of those gates. That takes us into the first week of November. And as well, the planet Mars has already been triggering fear for us. So if you're thinking, well, I've already been feeling different kinds of fears that aren't normally for me or aren't normally mine, uh, then there's a reason for that because the planet of action, of movement, of sort of this warlike energy, uh, masculine energy, assertion, aggressiveness has already started moving through those particular gates in your human design chart. So they're activated, if you will. And depending on how your spleen is set up, you might be feeling it personally, you might be absorbing different fears from the people around you or from the environment that you find yourself in and we're going to talk more about that this morning. Uh, I hope everybody had a good weekend. It was kind of a weird weekend here, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was a weird weekend here. That's all I can say about it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't good. It was just busy, but not in the way that I like to be busy, just kind of busy. What can I say about that? Uh, Today, we'll start with the moon in the sign of Aquarius, a sign that the moon um, and her emotionalism takes a break, right? The moon in the sign of Aquarius is a little more detached emotionally than the typical Uh, moon sign. So Aquarius and Capricorn are both signs where we think of the moon not necessarily expressing her emotion in the way that we would normally see it. And Uh, That can be a good thing, right? Gives us a little bit of a break from the emotional atmosphere that we might be in. Gives us a time, a moment, if you will, a few days (laughs) to uh, take the emotion that we've been feeling, put it in its right and proper place or right and proper uh, order and not have to be feeling a whole lot more about uh, anything in our lives. Uh, Let's start by saying good morning this morning to people who've been showing up. I saw Debbie Tibbetts-Tumial out there first. Good morning to you, Debbie. She says, good morning, Star Brothers and Sisters, and like button. Hit the like button if you are watching this on YouTube. You want to hit the thumbs up. If you are watching this on Facebook, hit the like button, and please share the video or uh, my website. Uh, with those that you know. I appreciate that. Good morning, Tom. It's been a while since we've had you with us, so it's good to have you this morning uh, to add your humor to everything that we talk about. Pam Zaruba, good foggy morning from Iowa. It's kind of a rainy, windy morning here in Western Washington. Good morning, Christine Buckingham. And Sharon Little says hello from Maine. I love it. I still need to get to Maine. I've always wanted to go there. Just never been able to make it happen. Um, It's like you're on the very far of the right coast of the U.S. and I'm on the very far left coast of the U.S. I love it. And here we are connected together uh, in living astrology. So uh, just a quick reminder, this Thursday at 12 noon p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. East Coast time is the first uh, course class that we're going to be doing on astrology. I call it astrology for newbies or review for those of you who know a little bit about astrology already. It is a space where we will be breaking down, first of all, the very basics of the astrology chart. Like, what is it that you're looking at when you see the circle? What are the two grids that you see on the the paper? What are all those little symbols? And it'll be great review for those of you who do know some about astrology. But if you are brand new, this can help you orient uh, to your own uh, astrology chart and help you start to understand what it is we're talking about here on the morning show. Um, Here is the link. Let me see if I can show that. Uh, here we go, I can show it there for YouTube, what seems to be most of the people this morning are from YouTube. And all you have to do is click on that link and register The class is $25. It is likely a twofer class, meaning two classes before I can say, okay, you've got the basics of the mechanics of the chart down. And then we will revisit what it is that we're going to do on a weekly basis on Thursdays. Um, for different webinars. Uh, My idea is to kind of go through step by step the uh, rudimentary parts of astrology and then hit up those same uh, basics in human design and then weave them together so that when I say astro design, you have a clue about what I'm talking about and um, can start to learn how the different systems coexist and how they intermingle and how one can help define more of the other and vice versa. So uh, anyway, you can click on that link uh, or copy and paste it into uh, any browser and register. Um, And you will be able to get a recording if you choose to purchase the webinar. Uh, there's always a recording and the recording is sent out after we're done. And so if you can't participate live with us, don't panic. You can get that recording. All right. Leslie, good morning to you. She says, I love it when I can tune in live from Colorado. I love it that we are cross-country here. I know Pam's in Iowa. Christine, I think, is in New Jersey. Tom in Ottawa, Canada. Debbie in Florida. We have Colorado represented and Maine represented. And I'm sure there are a bunch of other places. Pauline, New York City. Uh, Pauline says, like rudimentary human design and gene keys, we will also probably get into that. There are only so many Thursdays in a month, right? I can do three of them a month along with the Astro Design Meetup one week of the month. That is where you get your personal questions asked. And actually, there was some confusion this past Thursday during the um, the, the Astro Design Meetup where someone thought it was, uh, I think, a class or a course. Uh, and it is certainly not. It is a place where you bring your questions about your personal gene keys, human design, astrology, galactic astrology, soul alignment, soul realignment, uh, manifesting blueprint, whatever it is that you have a question about in the work that we have done together, you can bring it to the Astro Design Meetup. And as I usually do, I stay for as long as I need to in order to answer everybody's questions who show up live. So there is that. And uh, New York, Queens County. Okay, I guess that's not New York City. All right, good. Uh, anyway, let's dig into more about the moon in Aquarius. So we have the moon in Aquarius for all of today and all of tomorrow. Or to, Wait, we've had it since yesterday afternoon. So it started on Sunday afternoon or early evening for those of you on the East Coast the moon will be in aquarius all day today and tomorrow until 6:19 5:19 p.m. west coast time so till tomorrow evening and then shift into pisces and then of course later in the week the moon will make the shift into aries where we have the full moon that occurs on friday morning very early in the morning 2:58 a.m. for us on the west coast 5:58 a.m. for those of you on the east coast now Chances are, I won't get to the full moon much today, so I will likely put out uh, something that, um, a post or something for everybody about the full moon, uh, because I will be with you after the full moon on Friday morning, but we could still talk about it then. Uh, okay, moon in the sign of Aquarius is a time where you may feel a surge of curiosity, of creativity of innovative thinking, of inventiveness, of just quirkiness even, like being a little eccentric, maybe tapping into a part of yourself that you normally hold back on because, you know, sometimes we're embarrassed about our craziness, right? Or sometimes we just feel like we wouldn't be accepted or it's not acceptable to be crazy. Well, when the moon is in Aquarius, let out the crazy, have some fun. Um, you may also feel like you are being drawn into new ideas, or experiences, or ha- attract new people to you that have a different background or in, are engaged in different uh, subjects that, you know, things that maybe you've had an interest in, but you don't know much about. And, these people, experiences, ideas, or inspiration may actually challenge your conventional way of thinking, because everything about the moon in Aquarius is unconventional, right? Aquarius is a sign ruled by Uranus. and Uranus is unconventional. He is the rebel. He is the one that will spark a revolution for change if in, uh, deed, it is needed in order to liberate you or bring you to more freedom. So those are words that we might also think about with the moon moving through the sign of Aquarius might be about freedom or liberation from emotional energy. What emotions have you been holding on to that you might not want to be And maybe it is a time then to become more detached and objective, which would be the whole purpose of becoming detached, right? If you're attached to how something should be or to how you're feeling, then it's hard to be objective. Then you're becoming more subjective because you're seeing it through your own eyes. You're seeing it through the lens of your own emotions, of your own experiences. But Aquarius invites us to be more objective, right? To step back, to step out of our norm, uh, to step out of our typical way of thinking and believing and behaving and act and uh, interact in a little bit different way. This way we can see things from different perspectives, right? Maybe from a higher perspective or maybe you need to, you know, you've been up here looking at things. Maybe we need to come down to earth, to the ground and see things from, Uh, the snail's eye view, right, or the worm's eye view, Uh, because that allows us to get a more rounded way of interacting with everyone. This is also a good time to experiment with new things, new approaches, Um, collaborate with others who might be maybe have different ideas than what you have. Um, But It is not a time for you to give up your own individuality. This is a time to blend your individuality with others. Okay, so this is the Leo-Aquarius axis. On the Leo end of things, which would be the opposition point for the moon, you have your own uniqueness, your own individual self, your own self-expression, right? And you're really tasked in Leo energy, to uh, connect with that part of yourself that that is unique, right? That is you. In Aquarius, the other end, you're being tasked with bringing your unique individuality into a group or into the greater world, the community, the tribe, the family, whatever. Not letting go of your individuality but blending your individuality in with others to create maybe something new, something experimental, something innovative and inventive, right? Collaborating, that's another good word for the moon in the sign of Aquarius. Um, However, there's also this other energy that runs beneath the surface and that is about being restless. Uranus as the ruler here can create a space where we want to be rebellious, we want to be the contrarian. And that contrarian energy sometimes can upset the way that things are normally going. And there's, it's not that it's not that you just want to be contrary or to be different. There's usually a purpose behind it all. And that is about breaking free from limitations, or Um, expectations that others might have of you or even expectations that you yourself have of yourself. Okay. So breaking free from limitations or from the old, moving out in a new way, finding new solutions, um, looking at things from a less emotional point of view, all a part of what the moon gifts us when she is transiting through Aquarius. Now, that may also mean that you have trouble emotionally connecting to others, or you may encounter some conflicts or surprises when dealing with other people, feelings that come up uh, that you didn't expect. And um, in that case, then you have a momentary time, like a blip of a couple of days where you could step back without reacting to what it is that you were triggered by or what you felt and understand it from that different perspective so in the end it's really a good thing but only if you decide that you are going to be responsible, not reactive but responsible and then be able to um, sort of go through the depths and process what it is that you've been feeling or You know, a good question to always ask ourselves when we're triggered by something is what does this remind me of? Is this a repeating pattern? Has this happened before? Because if it's a repeating pattern here, this is the sign, this is the situation for breaking out of the old pattern. So, in the end, what you have to try to do here with the moon in Aquarius is to balance your need for freedom and innovation, but also respecting tradition and stability right we don't want to upend everything you know what is that throwing the baby out with the bathwater. if all we really needed to do was just apply one new idea right something new to the whole all right good uh questions anything about the moon in aquarius um pauline says what is manifesting blueprint never heard of that one uh pauline we've done your manifesting blueprint manifesting blueprint is how it is that you are here to manifest through intention and how you create your reality because it's different for everyone, right? Our seventh dimensional self holds the manifesting blueprint. And uh, when we are aware of what that blueprint is, we can apply What is correct for us when we have something that it is we're trying to create in our lives? Let's say you're trying to create a new relationship, or you would like to um, buy a new home, or something, whatever it is you want, travel the world, Uh, whatever it is that you have something you want to manifest, you pull out the manifesting blueprint and you start to work that intention in a way that is correct for you. Okay. I hope that answers your question. You might remember words like uh, whether you are. Um Contrast or similarity? <clears throat> are you someone that needs people that are like you? or are you someone who looks for the opposite? Are you someone who is outcome oriented? You're looking for the end result? Uh, or are you someone that is more process oriented, where it's not the end result that counts so much as it is the process of who you become uh, while you are creating? So there are these different things that we are, there's seven actually different things that we look at in the manifesting blueprint, okay? Um, and I'll, I'll go back, um, I'll go back into all of your stuff that we've done, Pauline, and see if I can pull that out for you. Sharon says, "Ooh, I need that. If I didn't get it yet, is that on your website to order? Indeed it is. And you could do this two ways. One, if you have a project or a thing, something that you really want to um, manifest in your life, be it big or little, it doesn't matter. We can do the manifesting blueprint alone. So you just have this idea of how it works or we can do it in the context of coaching where we have three sessions after the initial blueprint where we do check-ins with your Akashic records and discover how close you are to getting to where you want to go or what you've been doing correctly or not so correctly. I don't want to say incorrectly, but not so well in accordance to your manifesting blueprint. And hold on one second here. Uh, If I can get that up and put it for you in the chat, I will do that. It's called your divine manifesting blueprint. And you can do it again, like with just the the blueprint itself, or you can do it with the session, uh, or I mean, you can do it with coaching. So here's the link. Copy that and put it in here. There you go, Sharon. Hopefully you can see that in there. Uh, Good morning, Asa. It's good to have you with us this morning. All right. Are you guys ready to dive into the spleen center of your human design? Good morning, Terry Strauss. Uh, It's good to have you with us too. Um, So what, first of all, what is the spleen center? The spleen center is an awareness center in your human design and you know there are the nine energy centers let me see if i can bring up uh the graphic for you here we go i used this as the youtube thumbnail but in case you've not seen that thumbnail yet let's bring this a little bit more into focus here so this center here that is highlighted in pink is the spleen center of your human design and Of the nine centers, it is one of three centers that is a center for awareness. So it doesn't have the energy of doing. It doesn't hold the energy of of emotion. It holds the energy of awareness. Now, by the way, just by the by, (coughs) over time, the emotional center here, which right now is a motor, which is about doing. becomes an awareness center. In 2027, when we go through what will be a human design um, upgrade or um, an evolutionary leap, this center will become one of awareness rather than a motor. And maybe one day we'll take another look at this and and talk about how that impacts us. But imagine being aware of your emotional energy but without reacting to it in the negative ways that we often react to our energies now that are emotional. So that is uh, a big leap for humanity and it will be an interesting one. So right now we have three awareness centers. One is the spleen and one is the Ajna. And we also think of sometimes the head center as a center for awareness. This one will become that as well. So when we look at the spleen center, it really represents the primal survival instincts in our human design, primarily the the fight, the flight, the freeze um, aspects of our survival. And this center also includes then our intuition or gut instinct, you might call it. It is also the health of our physical being, And it is as well our well-being. So the bigger picture of our well-being as well as the health of our physical body. And as well, the spleen is the center for fear and anxiety, whose purpose is, of course, to alert us when there is danger or a threat to us. Unfortunately, what has happened as we have evolved and we no longer face the pressures of having to go out and, you know, build for our our, uh, our plant food and grow it ourselves or hunt for it. Uh, we still do those things, but I mean, we it's not, I can always go to the grocery store now. I don't have to go out and try to find my next meal. So as some of the pressures for survival have lightened up, the pressures have morphed in this center to be more of the false evidence appearing real kinds of fears. So the threats and the dangers that we experience and it's not to say that there aren't other that there aren't real threats and dangers, but most often for us as humans now the threats and the dangers come from things like a fear of not being good enough uh, or a fear of the past repeating itself and that type of thing, which are not necessarily fears that our four uh, ancestors had right? They were more interested in where's the next meal coming? Am I going to be warm enough for winter? You know, are we following the game? Are we going to have, you know, a a warring tribe interfere with us? That type of thing, right? We don't have that these days in the same way that our ancestors did. Now, in your own personal chart, depending on whether it is colored in like this, in your chart, it would be colored in uh, kind of a brownish gold color, or whether it if it's colored in we say it's defined or is yours white if it's white then it is undefined and depending how yours is set up um may you may experience fear differently right so some people are broadcasting uh energy if you have it defined you're a broadcaster Um, and if you're someone who has it open or undefined or white then you are someone who is picking up the challenges and the opportunities related to the spleen in a completely different way. You're like taking in other people's feelings of danger and threat and fears and survival and health, et cetera. All right. Now let's first talk about having a defined spleen. Okay. And then I'm going to go through each of the gates here Uh, and talk about what the fear is that you might experience. And at this moment, I guess, can I go back? Yeah, I can, I can do both. So anyway, hmm. if you guys have questions, I'll come back and forth between my two screens. Um, somebody out there, tell me if you can see my cursor moving around as I point to various things. I kind of need to know, am I just wasting my time doing this, or are you guys seeing it when I move it around? Um, good morning, Narges. Good morning to anybody behind the scenes that I haven't seen yet this morning. It's good to have you with us, uh, but let me know if you guys can see what it is that I'm uh, doing here. So if you have a defined spleen center, if it's defined, again, it's colored in kind of a light brown, tan gold. Um, It means that you have consistent and reliable intuition or your health, your immune system is uh, uh, something that is attuned to the present moment right? The, this is, by the way, the center of time as well. Time, intuition, health, and of course, survival. So if you have it defined, you, are, <clears throat> you create and process your own fear, and you can use that as a guide for surviving and even adapting to the situations that you find yourselves in. You have a strong immune system and a healthy awareness of your body when it is defined. And that means that you could be very much aware of what's happening, but whether you do something about it, if it's not so good, might need somebody with an open spleen to tell you, oh, hey, you're, you're looking a little peaked, maybe you need to do something, see a doctor, et cetera. Um, but you do have access to a strong immune system. And here with a defined spleen, you might also be able to help people that have an open spleen manage their own fears or help them access their intuition, but also live more spontaneously. The spleen is a center for time, remember? And time is in the now with the spleen. And that means if this is defined, you can be a little more spontaneous. Spontaneity works for you. Now, That is separate from me saying that your authority is splenic, right? That's a whole different story. Your decision-making might not be splenic. If you have the emotional center defined, then you're always going to have to take more time to consider your options for making a decision than if you had the spleen only defined, okay? I know that I just tripped into territory that might be a little confusing, but just take my word for it. The spleen here is a center of spontaneity, unless you have the emotional center defined. All right. That would also be colored in. Now, the reason why that you, uh, if you have this defined, can help others with an open center. Um, to manage their fears and their health and that type of thing, is because the open center is always taking in the energy from the people around you or around them. So if I'm in the room, I have an open spleen. If I'm in the room with someone who has a defined spleen, I am borrowing that energy from that person. So if that person is feeling fear, I might be triggered to feel more fear. A fear that i don't normally feel maybe or becoming more fearful around whatever the subject is that i'm fearful of i might also have more access to understanding my own health i might also have access to my intuition in a stronger more powerful way than i do without that center defined does that make sense if that does not make sense please let me know down below in the comments now the other thing, though, with the defined spleen is that the people with the defined spleen may struggle with letting go of the past or trusting their instincts, right? Often um, projectors have the spleen as their um, uh, authority. And when the spleen, a, a projector already struggles, and reflectors do in some respects too, but they struggle with trusting their intuition. They struggle with um, letting go of the past. They struggle with being flexible and uh, being able to change. So if you're a projector and you have the spleen defined, you may be in a struggle um, that is created internally with you, that you're not necessarily picking up from outside of you. And it may be maybe the source of anxiety in your life. We would have to do your human design reading to really get a look at that and see like what are the gates that are connecting to um, your spleen. Uh, but it can also be something, a pla- because it's an awareness center, it could be a place where you become very aware of what your triggers are and then work through and process them to release them. In human design, every one of these gates has an alter ego called fear or paralysis or anxiety. And in human design, we say, feel the fear and let it go or feel the fear and do it anyway, right? We get the idea that these fears come up and unless it's a mortal fear, like jumping off the cliff with rocks below you just to get to the deeper water, could be a real problem, right? If you miss the deep water and hit the rock, right? So we have mortal fears that, are, that make sense, right? In terms of survival but most of our fears these days are of the uh, sort that are false or are triggering anxiety of things that don't really um, dang, endanger your survival, if you will. All right. Now, if you are someone who has an undefined spleen, meaning this would be white, it would be open, right? Um, your primal instincts for intuition, your survival, health, and well-being is not consistent, right? Anything that's in white in a human design chart, even if it's a channel or a gate um, or a center, represents inconsistent access to the qualities of either the gate, the channel, or the center. But rather you absorb the energy from the people around you, right? So, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your co workers, when you're in the grocery store, uh, when you if you consistently go someplace, you are accessing consistent energy, but from other people. Now, that doesn't change the inconsistency of that energy for you, right? So, you cannot rely on uh, the instinct, the fear, the health and well-being cues that you're getting, because you might be picking them up from other people. And this can make you very sensitive to the environment that you're in, to the feelings that other people have, to other people's health problems, to other people's intuition, right? And you may struggle with an open spleen in letting go of things that are not good for you of unhealthy habits or relationships or situations, it may be very hard for you to let them go. Now, when you have an open spleen, you are not designed to be spontaneous or to act on impulse, but rather to wait for the right timing and guidance to get you to your answer, to get you where you need to go. Um, Now, this also, that very openness in the spleen center can be a source of wisdom and healing energies because literally you can feel what isn't right with others and what it is that others might need in order to change. So often an open spleen, now this isn't to say that a defined spleen can't be a great healer, but an open spleen can be a very intuitive healer and it's intuitive because you're picking it up from somebody else, right? It can also be the opposite that people that need healing, animals, people, uh, even plants may do really well with an open spleen, because the open spleen might just on some level, um, have an aura of healing energy around them. Now, that doesn't mean again, that the defined spleen doesn't, it just it's more powerful in the open spleen. Now, The open spleen can learn to trust their intuition and follow uh, their joy in the present moment or follow what their instincts are telling them, but they still have to use what their authority is. And remember, authority in human design comes from your type and strategy, but also from which of these centers right here, boom, or here that you have defined, right? It's gonna tell you whether you have splenic authority, meaning you're designed to be spontaneous and make decisions from your gut instinct or intuition. If you have the sacral defined only as a, as a um, authority center, then you are designed to for your body to respond with a yes or a no or an aha, uh-huh, uh-uh in the moment. If you have the emotional center defined, you are designed to wait for clarity from your emotional center. If you have the ego or heart or will center defined, it's pretty much what it is that you want to do. It is an instinctual, willful um, feeling that you have that makes your decisions if this one is defined as your authority it is more about from a soul perspective you almost see what you need to do by others who are around you helping you and guiding you to do that so authority moves along with um, the spleen center perhaps in getting you the right information about how to make a decision now the spleen also represents our physical fears uh, this is our most ancient survival based fight flight freeze mechanisms um, the spleen asks the question is there enough is there enough food enough water enough shelter enough connection uh, protection um, so it it asks the questions that we can think of that take us to the very basics of our survival instincts all right i'm going to stop A second and go back to this one. All right. Questions. Uh, Sharon, open is no color. Yes. I always know what others should do, right? Because you likely have an open spleen. And there are different combinations of things. Like if you have an open spleen and a defined gate 25, which is on the identity center, the diamond right in the middle, then you're someone who is instinctively a healer. Like people, you don't even have to necessarily lay hands on people. Um, your aura may just be what heals others, right? Especially emotional healing, comfort and compassion and empathy is spiked in a person, they don't even realize perhaps what they're doing so much. It's just, you know, people come to you, animals come to you, children come to you, Um, you have a green thumb perhaps, right? So different combinations of an open spleen and different gates can manifest in a little bit different way. Christine, is the emotional center the identity center or the heart will center? The emotional center is called the solar plexus and it is on the lower right. This one right here is the solar plexus or emotional center. This one here is the heart center, also known as the will center or ego center, and the diamond. This is the seat of the soul or the seat of your identity. This tells us who you who you who do you think you are. It also tells us um, what kind of uh, compass you have. Uh, Is it an open compass, meaning that you're very sensitive to place, to people, to the energies of place or people? Uh, If it's defined, it tells us you have a distinct identity. Um, And of course, there's a whole lot more that it can tell us as well. I hope that answers your question, uh, Christine. All right. So now let's start breaking down each of the gates here. So as you can see, there are seven gates in your human design spleen. So the spleen center in this, this is just me showing you you know, the activation of uh, a spleen gate and what direction that energy heads to. So the 32, the 28 and the 18, they head down to the root center. So if you have any gates defined on the root center, then your spleen at times can become connected to the root center energy of doing right, or of um, finding success at doing something. And there is one gate that connects from the spleen to the sacral, which means it can be the trigger for taking action, for making decisions, for beingness. And then there is one that connects to the the Ego Heart Will Center, which is a center of this one distributes and uh, manages resources like time, energy, money, uh, people. And uh, when it connects with the 44, it can be one of, uh, well, we're going to talk about that. So I don't want to jump there. And yet the 57 connects with can connect with the sacral it can connect with the identity center and it can connect to the throat center which is out of the picture here but interesting because the 57 is literally called the gate of intuition it is the most psychic gate if you will of the entire human design and depending on how it connects to another center in your chart can tell you how it is that you intuit are you clairaudient clairvoyant clairsentient are you uh uh just in intuitive in, like a dreaming kind of intuitive those kinds of things are information that we get from the 57 and then the 48 connects directly up to the throat center and here what we have is the expression the manifestation the communication of the energy of that particular gate. Now, I'm going to go through these in the order in which the sun is going to be moving through these energies. Okay, so that we are we have it in a chronological um, uh, order. Uh, you're welcome, Christine. And then define spleen connected to root, sacral, and heart. So this is an activated center for you. So likely over time through your ancestry, you have become very adept at survival survival by uh, knowing when to put away for uh, the future, right? Uh, To prepare for uh, lean times, let's say. Um, You might have uh, prepared for uh, the basics, the format energies that would keep you safe. And what was the other center you said to sacral heart and root, uh, sacral, so doing and success at uh, surviving and also at managing and allocating of resources that allow you to survive. Mermaid Infinity Rainbow. Good morning to you as well. It's good to have you with us. All right. So let's start with the gate 18. This week the sun will move into the gate 18. It will be on September 7th or 27th, excuse me, through October 2nd. And the gate 18 is down here in this little corner and it moves outward toward the gate 58 on the root center and if i the gate itself is really about the perfectionism right it is uh, the the way that we judge ourselves and others uh, for readiness or for a situation that is perfect Uh, right timing is also something that we might think of here The fear that comes up that we'll struggle with individually and all of you are going to struggle perhaps with this during that week and that's because even if you don't normally have this defined, it's now defined, it will become defined and become something that you will experience or express if you have it defined already, you're amping it up a little bit by having the sun focus energy here. It will kind of work with whatever planet you have that defines it to either help you move through this fear or to fall more into this fear. And what is the fear of the gate 18? It is kind of a different pronged kind of fear. At first, it's the fear of authority. Uh, And the patterns that govern all of us in terms of who are we responsible to. Um, this gate speaks to making corrections or to making adjustments or to analyzing to make sure uh, that we're going in the right direction. And challenging authority then is uh, telling us how we should be, right? We don't we know what's perfect or right for us, and authority may be trying to tell you that you need to go in a different direction. So here, the challenge can become about being true to yourself, right? Not necessarily being true to what other people's estimation are of what you should do. Now, does that mean flaunt authority? No, not necessarily. Um, But it can represent the fear that we have intrinsically That authority can be dangerous, right? That it can lead us astray. That sometimes our leaders, our parents, our teachers, our bosses don't always have our best interests at heart. So we tend to shy away from listening to authority. And yet that can also cause us to sort of cut our noses off despite our faces right? When we need authority, when we need to look for an authority, we might ignore it because of the fear that authority could lead us astray. So the fear here is really about anyone with influence or power over us will abuse it and harm us, right? So we learn to really be trusting of ourselves. But on the other hand, this can create anxiety If you're not feeling like you have your own authority, that you don't have your own uh, truth and you're you're needing somebody outside of you to help you see your truth and you don't trust them. So we have to walk a fine line with the gate 18 about not just arbitrarily trusting those people in power or those people who are, um, you know, leaders. But we also have to know our own truth within us so that we know when to trust the leaders, the uh, parents, the teachers outside of us. Does that make sense to everybody? This is the nature of, by the way, the fears in the spleen, right? It can lead us into this anxiety because we're trying to manage what we should be afraid of versus what isn't right for us to be afraid of. So this is the fear. So the fears are about feeling them, processing them, and doing what's right for you. In the spleen, it's instinctual. Your gut, your intuition tells you what is correct for you. Now, sometimes, like this can work out in kind of small ways as well, but impact, small but impactful ways, let's say. Let's say you've written a book. And uh, you are ready to send it to a proofreader, uh, an editor, that type of thing. And you keep rewriting it rather than sending it to the editor because you think, oh, it's not perfect yet. So there can be an, an act of a, a sort of feeling of needing to be perfect in this uh, gate that can stop us from putting our work out, from taking the next steps. Out of fear that it's not quite ready yet, we don't want to release our work to another authority unless we feel it's perfect because we don't want judgment about our work coming back to us from someone else. So you could see how like judgment and analyzing our perfection state, always coming up with the energy at the gate eighteen. Now, here's a clue about how to deal with this, right? On the other side, so gate 18 is right here, if you see my little pointer. On the other side, this is the gate of joy. This is the gate of bliss, gate 58. The gate 18 is always wanting to perfect, to bring into harmony for perfection and joy, right? There's joy in perfection. There's also joy in mastering yourself in this energy. So it's not like I just want to be judgmental of myself or others or hateful or overly analytical. It's that I can see at the other end what could be the most perfect expression, what would bring the most joy, but the joy is out there in the future and what we need to learn is about it in this moment. Whatever it is, is as perfect as it can be, or else it would be different, right? So, perfection is in the moment. The center of the spleen is about the now, being in the now. Okay. Jayla <laughs> says, Oh, sure. It's my Pluto gate. <laughs> so, you and a bunch of your friends who were born right around the same time as you are dealing with the transformational and empowering energy of making corrections and adjustments and analyzing what is perfect, what is not perfect, what aligns with joy and what doesn't align with a joyful expression, and using yourself as your authority as opposed to looking outside of yourself for others to make that for you, right? Hopefully that makes sense. All right, now the next gate that we get into, and this won't be until October 3rd through October 8th, is going to be the gate 48. Now the gate 48 is at the other tip of the um, spleen center. Mo- it's the one that moves up to the throat. And this is a gate that uh, is really has a fear of inadequacy, like I'm not good enough. it's a a fear that can take us into not enoughness. And along with, say, the gate 55 over here on the emotional center, if that is defined at the same time, which it will be, right, the gate 55 will be defined by Saturn at the same time the sun is moving through the gate 48, we can really fear our self-worth, that we're not worthy, we can fear our uh, level of abundance whether that comes in the form of finances of business of uh, opportunity of health of you you name it right relationships so the 48 is of uh, a fear of not being adequate not it's the fear of inadequacy not being clever enough not being skillful enough not knowing enough and um, it can cause us to keep searching for more information, taking more classes, taking more courses, getting more degrees in order to do what we wanna do, right? This can lead you on a a quest to become the perpetual student and never ever set out to master anything, right? Because you're always gonna be dealing with that fear and being compelled to get more information so that you'll know enough, right? Or be enough or be good enough. Yikes, right? And the 55 over here which will is being defined right now by Saturn and will continue to be defined by Saturn is also teaching us about the very basics of us as humans being divine and also part human is that we are enough. We have enough. We always have the ability to attract to us whatever it is we need, all we have to do is emotionally align with it. Of course, we already had this conversation last week, week before last, uh, but it's good. It's worth noting again, because that week in October, the third through the eighth, inadequacy meets up with the potential of I'm not good enough, I don't have enough, and we can Try to try to find more and more outside of ourselves rather than looking inward. In the I Ching, this is called the gate of the well, and the the gate of they don't call it the gate of the well. It's called the deep well, which reminds us that everything that we need or want or have ever needed or wanted is is within us. That we don't have to go looking outside of us right, that we can pull up our knowledge, our instinct, our intuition, and we can put it forth into the outer world. Now, does that mean if you are wanting to be a healer, a a doctor, let's say, that you can just go on out and be a doctor without ever having any kind of training? No, 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 right? But at some point, in anything that you learn, comes a time where you have to demonstrate it out in the world right? You can't just keep learning from books or from reading or from classes. You have to demonstrate what you know, right? So why doctors learn in classroom, but then they become residents so that they can actually practice medicine, right? So don't let the fear of not being good enough lead you into this uh, constant needing more input, more information, more learning, because it's an endless kind of funnel that just keeps taking you into that. You have to at some point say, okay, I know enough, right? I can do readings. I can uh, try Reiki with people. I can, you know, demonstrate what I know. All right, that's the 48. Um, The fear of powerlessness is also the powerless to bring a solution, right? So the 48 is is reaching up to the throat center, which is the center for manifesting and communicating. And here, sometimes we may stumble and fumble around with the right words to describe the solution that we are intuiting. So uh, even though we have the answer inside, we may keep struggling. We might not open our mouths because we're afraid to struggle with what it is that we want to say again you have to resist the fear, you have to feel the fear and do it anyway. Here, you might need to verbally process your idea with others, right? To see how much you really do know and to see how much collaboration perhaps with others can help you refine and hone in the solution that you are looking for. All right, cool. Uh, All right, now on October 9th, Through the 13th, we move to the gate 57. The gate 57 is the gate of the fear of the future. It's a very psychic gate. Here is an energy of um, knowing what to do, knowing what's to come. Sometimes it approaches you as knowingness where we can't quantify or qualify how we know what we know, we just know. Sometimes it comes to us as a dream or something we sense, and it triggers that fear that something wicked this way comes, right? Sometimes it can be a trigger that like uh, uh, financially that, you know, if if I buy this thing or if I If I put money into this thing, it's not going to bring me the bang for my buck, if you will. And I'm not going to be provided for. It can take us into lack of um, having enough. Right? So lack. It can also be the fear of never being really safe and secure in the present moment. You're always looking at the future and going, okay, but next week, um, the the house payment is due and my account is overdrawn right now. And how am I going to be able to take care of this? So it may trigger, that was weird. Something just hit my chair, but there's nothing here. thought it was a cat, but it isn't. Uh, truth, right? Truth hitting me. Uh, so we may fear things that are have yet to come to pass based on some kind of future forward thinking, and it can signify then our losing connection with the now, right? So what we're doing is we're believing that something is coming to get us that hasn't happened, right? We're preparing. It reminds me of preppers, Right, who are who are preparing for Armageddon or who are preparing for the day when everything gets blown up. Right. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, right, you're preparing because you're looking so far into the future and you lose connection with the now. So we need to learn to stay in the now and understand that our providing being provided for is both happening in this moment, but also comes with faith. Another lesson, Saturn over here at 55 is going to be teaching us this whole time that the sun is moving through the different gates of the spleen center. All right, I'm checking for questions. Asa, yes, you and my husband both have the sun at the gate 57. So TJ, if you're listening in the background later, you also have the sun at the gate 57. So this is a part of who you are right? You can get very lost in fearful thinking about the future and lose connection with the now. So you want to get back to the now. Stay in the now. Everything is fine right here in this moment, right? I'm not drowning. I'm not having to contend with something bad. I'm just sitting here at my desk, enjoying talking to all of you fine people, right? Um, J-Lo says, how ironic is someone coming to get you and something (laughs) hits your chair, (laughs) but nothing is there, right? It's like, aren't imitating life right so the fear that something's coming to get us but when you look around well there's a fish on the floor right my cat's toy she likes this fish and if you hit it it bounces around Uh, but she's not in here so I don't know why the fish is even going off for god's sakes what is going on in my bedroom this morning uh okay fear I'm not tapping into fear. Uh, okay, why color different yellow, red, or green center? It doesn't really matter. The colors, uh, Pauline, were, are sort of arbitrary. What you wanna key in on is whether it is in color or if it's white, right? So um, there's no real meaning for uh, why it is red or why it is you know, colored in yellow or green. It's just the color for that center, uh, okay. So if you have any questions about the 57, you can type those into the comments. Let's go on to the next gate. The next gate will be activated from the 14th of October through the 19th of October. And that is the gate 32. And that's this one right here. It connects up to the root center as well. And its energy is so fascinating because this is the energy where we fear that we will fail. And I often I often wonder if this isn't also a gate where we fear success. What happens if all my dreams come true? If my project or my job or my life turns out to be this most wonderful thing, what happens next? Right? Now does everything fall apart and does everything go away? Then is everything going to be a failure? right? So we can sometimes toggle between the fear of failure and the fear of success at the gate 32. And what the gate 32 leads us to over here on the root center is called ambition, the drive for us as humans to get out and do. But the energy here is that we might feel like there isn't enough resources to support my dream. So I don't stick with it long enough to see it come true, right? So I don't endure. Sometimes we call this the gate of endurance in human design, because it's needing to endure, to hold the vision, to hold the emotional alignment and hold your actions, keep your actions moving you in the direction of what it is that you dream of or what your goal or ambition is long enough to see it happen. But if you let the fear of failure come in, like if you don't see, I I know this because this happens to me, if I don't see success happening very quickly in something, then I start to go, oh, no, this is the wrong thing. This people don't want this. This is the wrong project for me to put my energy into. And as a generator, then I'm long, I I will often quit, right? I'll back out of it and say, oh, sorry, that's not the right thing. I got to go on to something else. But underneath it could be the fear of failure. Right? What's it going to be like if nobody buys this thing? If nobody uh, wants to participate with me? If I can't find a relationship? If I my health fails? Right? So we get into this place where it's not—it it gets to be pure survival energy, and we just do whatever it is that we need to survive without really, so if if I see that I'm spending, too, and I just had, that's so funny, I had this conversation in my head this morning, um, thinking about how much resources I spend on this business, and do I have enough bang for my buck, or am I going to need to rearrange resources? So fascinating, right, that that's come up, uh, even though this is not a gate yet that is being defined. So what we have here is the need to keep going. If you have a dream, if you have a goal and it's worthwhile, endure because you want to get to success, not because you fear success or you fear failure. This is often a gate that we think of as entrepreneurial. So when we see it defined in somebody's um, chart by birth, we often can think of it as being the gate that might make you a good entrepreneur, right, because you are willing to do things um, that might be um, that in the fear you feel unsupported, right, that you... (laughs) that you're out there flying by the seat of your pants and nobody's there to support you in your endeavors. So fear here can really stop us from really achieving the success that we are looking for. Now, that's different than, say, recognizing that you need to course correct in some way, right? This is really about the fear of failure that's so strong that you quit or you give up instead of course correcting. Right. So course correct, yes, but giving up comes at a different, in a different way, right? Letting go of something comes from a different direction. All right. So then the next gate, any questions about that? Um, Asa, if I have gate 54 defined during the time the sun is in gate 32, how should I use that energy? Make goals, have goals, make a plan, execute the plan. If you have the gate, 54, what I think I hear you saying, Asa, is you have 54 defined by birth, and then the sun transits over the 32, and for a week, you have this energy that's defined. And what you really can do is find a new plan or execute the plan, build the plan, right? Have the goal, the ambition, the drive, and make an agreement with yourself to endure until you get success, okay? Does that make sense all right asa i mean uh, pauline's question between gates colored lines or white same as center what about solid and broken up lines what does this mean okay so if you have a center like this in the spleen that is in color it is defined if you have a gate like gate 44 here that's colored in it's defined right if this gate Manage to come over here and connect with, say, gate 26, I can't do that in the picture, but um, it would become a defined channel. So anywhere you have color, you have definition. You have a trait that you express or that you broadcast. Any place, a gate, a channel, or a center, if it's white, you're taking in the energy from those around you. And you tend to amplify that energy and rebroadcast it, which is why we say the white or the undefined centers, gates and channels become places of conditioning, because it's the other people's energies that you're pulling in. Now, in a human design chart, when you see a line that only goes halfway across like this, it is a hanging gate. And what that means is that trait is there. And it's kind of not expressing until somebody meets up with you or a transit planet that comes around to the other side. And then suddenly you have more access to that energy. Okay, so like right now, let's just say um, like Asa's chart, she has the 54 defined and October 14th when the sun moves into the gate 32. And by the way, Asa, I believe Mars is there already. Uh, uh, Mars gets there on the 28th of this month of this month, September. So you have a longer period of time where the potential for really making a plan to endure comes out, right? Comes up. It becomes defined. It gives you access to that energy for an extended period of time. But then just like all gates that are transits or with other people, it poofs and goes away when that transit moves on. And then it'll have to be other motivation that holds you to that ambition, that goal, that dream, right? So it's always come turning on, turning off, and that type of thing. That's what the uh, hanging gates do. Now, if the gate goes all the or if a gate connects with the gate at the other end, both centers get turned on. And it makes a definition of both of the centers and the channel and both gates. So it becomes something you are broadcasting, it's authentic to you. Uh, Okay, good. I'm glad that makes sense. JLo, OMG, I have Arcturus and Spica there and issues with my left knee, which Arcturus is situated on the left knee in the constellation of Boots. I would learn something new. Hmm. I did not know that JLo, so I've learned something new. Uh, oh my gosh, we are after nine o'clock here. Oh my gosh, I had no clue. So let's uh, let's quickly finish up the other gates of the spleen before I sign off here for the day. So the 28 here on the spleen center is the fear of purposelessness. Uh, that being on earth isn't worth the struggle, isn't worth the time, isn't worth the effort. Um, fear that really earth is really just about struggling, about having to survive. There's no love here, there's no prosperity here. It is a very depressing, can be a very depressing energy. And what it can do for people is cause them to become thrill-seeking, right? To to try to find that excitement outside of themselves, to expand that excitement, to look outside of themselves for the thrill, for the adventure, for uh, finding purpose and meaning. So that one is activated from uh, the 26th of October through the 30th of October. And oh my gosh, I skipped a week. October 20th through the 25th, the gate 50 is defined. 50 is the one that would connect to the sacral and it's called the fear that I will fail in my responsibilities to my family, to my children, to my tribe or community. And in that particular gate, we can take on way more responsibility than is truly ours to take on. Uh, it can be a gate that takes us into smother mothering, uh, to trying to become overly controlling, because we, we're so afraid that if we don't do this, that you're not going to survive, right? We, we're turned outward. Um, and it sometimes can be opposite of this. It can be our fear of getting involved with family or staying close to our family, getting married. It can be uh, the fear that if I do get married, it could result in children. And then I have responsibilities that I don't really want to have. So this is a gate that really takes us into what's truly ours to be responsible for versus what is not ours to be responsible for. And then the gate 44 right here is the last gate of the spleen center. Uh, It starts on Halloween and takes us into uh, the first week of November uh, through November 5th to be um, exact. And exactly, okay. So the 44 though is a gate that fears the past, that fears the past is going to repeat itself it sees patterns. It's a gate that's very much, it's a very strong, logical gate, a gate that really keys into patterns. And if I've seen in my past that times have come when I've lacked food or shelter or money or opportunities or health or things like anything, right? Then I have, that triggers a fear that I'm not going to survive. And it's all based on past. It's not in the present it's based on the past. So we have to be able to release the past and take from the past what we've learned and apply it to the now. Because the fear of the past is still a fear and it creates anxiety and stress within us. So we can leave the past in the past, take what we've learned, apply it to what's now and create something new with that energy. All right, guys, that is it for me. I did not realize time flies when you're having fun. Uh, Take care, everybody. I will see you on Friday. I will see you Thursday if you join up with the Astrology for Newbies uh, class uh, at 12 noon. All right, that's it for me. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom, Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.